into RTE and more specifically I'm a mobile journalist so what I what mobile journalism if you want to find our community on social media it's hashtag mojo um, so basically I film and I edit stories using just my smartphone um, and I film broadcast quality content using just my uh, smartphone and um, when I trained up as a mobile journalist it was back in 2014 and initially I filmed kind of what I would say is traditional stories for traditional media. So I filmed and edited stories on my smartphone for television. And one of the big, um, when I started first, it was the whole idea of it being the camera in your pocket and kind of like um, a Swiss army knife for news production. Um, and But initially, we wanted to see how far we could push the smartphone. So an idea came up in 2015, could you film an entire documentary using your smartphone? And the answer is yes, and I did that in 2016. So in 2016, I filmed and directed The Collectors. So The Collectors is an observational documentary about six people from all different parts of Ireland who all have one thing in common. They're all kind of obsessive, dedicated collectors of quite quirky items. Um, I, it, it was, so it's a normal documentary, this, as in the story is, is what matters, but what was a little bit different about it is I filmed it entirely on an iPhone 6S Plus, which was the, la the latest model at the time. I filmed it in 4K, and it was, RTE really took a gamble on this. They wanted to innovate and experiment, and they, they, they committed to it and they broadcast it on RC1, which is the number one channel television station in Ireland, and they broadcast it in a, a prime time slot, so half nine um, <clears throat> on RC1, they broadcast my documentary, and in doing so, they became the first broadcaster in Europe to broadcast a documentary that was filmed entirely on a smartphone. So I'm just going to play you the first 90 seconds of it so you can see what it looks like and get a feel for it. So this is the first uh, 90 seconds of The Collectors. Everyone is passionate about something. I think there's a bit of the magpie gene in all of us. I think a lot of collectors in some ways are perfectionists as well. It's no different to somebody that has a love for a pet. I love the colour red. It is my favourite colour. All collectors would be obsessive. Dedicated, committed. Mad is one body could use, I suppose. <laughs> My name is Lillian O'Donoghue and I'm married to Barry O'Donoghue and I have two boys, Patrick and Robin. I grew up in St. Luke's. I was a quiet, you know, I wasn't a rebel or anything like that, you know, quiet. Like all the girls that I worked with now, they were going out to discos and having boyfriends. I was just done with the lads. But I just never have followed the crowd ever. I got married in pink. You know, that was 24 years ago. I just, you know, whatever makes me happy. I'd like to buy. My house. We call it a seasonal house because it's open all year. You see, 24-7. Yeah, like my retirement home as the boys like me. That when I'm old, I'm going to be put in here and they lock the door then. <laughs> Sorry, I went a bit out of sync there. So I'm airplane off my phone, so I'm relying on the, the Wi-Fi a bit. Um, so can you guess what Lillian collected? 
I think it's pretty obvious. So she's a coke addict. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I filmed that documentary entirely on an iPhone. Um, I'm very, very proud of it. It was a great achievement and for RTE and for me personally. And it, 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 the story is what matters and we are storytellers. And we followed six collectors, but we revealed their underlying motivations for why they did what they did. So there was a lot of humanity and empathy to the storytelling. And the fact that it was filmed on an iPhone and uh, filmed well got a lot of attention for the documentary. So it was very, it got, it got a great audience share. It was very well received critically um, by our TV critics in Ireland. And because it was filmed on an iPhone, it actually travelled the world then. Um, so it was seen by a lot of people internationally, which was great for RTE as well. This is the kit that I used. So you can see it's not very, like, for a television documentary, that's not a, a very huge piece of kit. And that's one of the things about Mojo is that it's it's portable and, and a light um, kit. So for a, a small woman like myself, it's easy to get around and, and, and film my stories. So for the collectors, like I filmed in Times Square in New York with Lillian. Um, I filmed in Portugal with Jessica, who collected Lego. I filmed on the streets of London with Jessica again, who built an entire um, Her Majesty's Theatre in London. She replicated that in Lego, brick for brick. Um, and I filmed all around Ireland. And I, I could do that so easily and cheaply for RTE because I was doing it as a mobile filmmaker. So you could say, you could ask, well, why didn't you just do it with a traditional camera? And that's true. You could make the exact same documentary with a traditional camera. But we were trying to innovate and experiment. And the budget for the collectors was a quarter of the budget that normally RTE spends on a TV hour. So it is a very cost-effective way to make content. That's, as I say, that's the entire kit that I used. Um, so as I was saying, filming on a smartphone, it's light, it's portable, it's discreet, it's subtle. So when I was on the streets of New York, obviously I had all the licensing and, and carnies and everything that I needed. But for the average person walking past me, I just kind of looked like an enthusiastic vlogger. I just had my gimbal, which is like a steady cam for your smartphone. I had my radio mic, you know, receiver. The mic was on Lillian. And I just looked like a tourist going around. So you kind of get a more authentic um, experience then because people aren't really reacting to you um, uh, it's discreet it's the, the smartphone is wonderful at close-up so again the subject matter of the of the collectors was all about like interesting collections of Barbie dolls and porcelain dolls and Lego and it, it, so it really lent itself to filming that kind of story because it's wonderful at close-ups so um, and it's it's because it's small, you can get into places that a traditional camera can't go. So, for example, Her Majesty's Theatre, the Lego build, which um, Andrew Lloyd Webber actually bought, so I had to go meet him so I could film it. Um, she built it from inside out entirely. You know, there was Lego figures inside it, and, you know, so there was a part... A, on the side of the theatre about this big that was open that you could look inside and the queen was there in lego form and i was able to put this phone my smartphone my camera inside and get wonderful angles from inside the theatre that i wouldn't have got with a traditional phone so it's flexible it's really easy to achieve eye direct which is kind of like you know it's a form of interview style where rather than having looking room and the person is talking to an invisible person off screen they talk to the lens, so they talk to the audience. So that's what we did. The style for the collectors was iDirect, and it's incredibly easy to achieve. 
because the people that I was filming, they weren't, you know, brought, they weren't, you know, media savvy or camera savvy. They were just everyday people, but it was incredibly easy to get them to look at the lens. Um, and again, it's not intimidating for them. It's a small setup. And because 70% of the time I was by myself, it's not a very intimidating environment for them to be in, to be filmed. So it lends itself to greater intimacy as well between me as a director and my subjects, the cast. When you're filming with a smartphone, you have to think about stability, keeping the camera stable via a gimbal or a tripod. You have to think about storage because video takes up a lot of storage on your phone. You have to think about batteries, so you take a portable battery pack with you. Um, and you have to think about light. You always have to think about light when you're filming video anyway, but particularly with a smartphone, you need, you need good lighting conditions. So that was my initial journey as a mobile journalist or mobile filmmaker, which, as I was saying earlier, was making traditional stories for our traditional platforms of like television. Um, but now I'm part of a small team. There's four of us in RTE and we are tasked with innovating and we're like a digital lab in within the newsroom in RTE. Um, and we are there's Philip Rommel, myself, Hiromi Mooney and, J and Jimmy Beatty. And we publish digital first content. So in RTE, public service broadcaster with legacy of radio and television, it was very much published to radio, published to TV, and then social media and online and digital is an afterthought. And we're trying to change that, you know, so it's a big ship that we're trying to turn around to meet our younger audience's demands. So my team is part of that, trying to change direction so we publish digital first stories but so we have a mobile to mo mobile workflow there was the reuters digital news report was just came out um last month and for the first time the smartphone has surpassed desktop laptop pcs for how people consume content so a mobile to mobile workflow or a mobile mentality uh, in rte is we're thinking about how our audience is consuming their content. So they're consuming it on smartphone. Um, and we're making that content on smartphone to be consumed on smartphone. So we think about things like aspect ratios. So square, you know, how many people do you see when they're looking at their phone? Do they actually, do they actually go like this? Unless they're on YouTube and they're watching a longer video, they don't actually turn it to landscape. They just look like, they look at it like this. So one of the things that we do is we, we edit our stories specifically for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter in Square, because that's the best way to use that real estate. When someone's looking at their phone vertically or in portrait mode, Square is the best option. Landscape actually gets smaller when you look at it like that. Um, we subtitle it because 70% of people don't actually click into a video. If Again, if you think, how are people consuming this content on their smartphone? They're watching it on a bus or when they're waiting for a friend in a coffee shop. They're not actually going to click in and have the audio play or they're not even going to bother to plug in their headphones. So you're going to grab someone's attention. If they're scrolling through a news feed, they'll stop at the video that's subtitled because instantly they can understand what's going on. So we subtitle our video. Um, and we experiment with a lot of other apps um, to, to bring a high production value to our videos for very little um, effort. Um, and then we repurpose our stories for TV and radio. So we deliver them digital first. We, make, we do an online article for our website. We publish them to Instagram. IGTV now is the latest uh, platform that we're, we're working on. Facebook, Twitter. 
then it goes on to radio, then it goes on TV. And we do it entirely using our smartphones. So the toolkit that we use, we use CrowdTangle. Does anybody use CrowdTangle here? Yeah. Did BBC Minute people? Yes. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Um, CrowdTangle is a wonderful, it's free. Um, it's owned by Facebook, I think, now. Um, it's, you can operate it via your internet browser. Um, and it makes sense of the social noise. So basically, you can, you can create a dashboard around Facebook and Twitter. You can create lists about topics that you're interested in, like homelessness or LGBT or any issues that you're interested in. And you can bring all the Facebook pages relating to that issue in your area into that list. So when you click in, you see what's trending, you see what's, what's, what people are talking about. And it, it's very good as well because it makes sense of the noise in that if a page only has 50 likes, but all of a sudden it has you know, 200 likes on a post. 200 likes mightn't seem like a lot, but for a page that only has 50 likes, it got 200 likes. There's something significant about that post. So we find a lot of our stories through um, CrowdTangle. Um, and we use Filmic Pro to film. So this is how we get our broadcast quality picture and sound is by using um, Filmic Pro to film. I'm gonna go into that app a little bit more later. We use LumaFusion to edit. Um, and I also use a Ferrite app as well when I'm doing my radio um, um, stories. That's specifically for radio editing. And here are some other apps. So I have a toolkit, a toolkit, a Mojo toolkit where I keep all my apps and use a variety of these apps every day to kind of bring different motion graphics or effects to my video. Um, but the two main ones I'm going to talk about later are Filmic Pro and LumaFusion. So. The stories that we, we produce are part of the Archie Mobile Shorts series. So the story is what matters. How we do it is impressive, but it is a story that matters. And we are feeding into our social channels first. So we're thinking about what our social channels need. So human interest stories do very well on social. If you think about Facebook, what are the buttons that people are offered? They're offered like, love, haha, wow. They're offered feelings, you know, so you want to you wanna produce those feelings in your audience. That's what makes people stop and watch. So we want to make, and we, we kind of stole this manifesto a little bit from BBC. We were inspired by BBC, I should say. And um, we want to make people think, want to make people feel, and we want to give people a voice. Stop tweeting me. No. <laughs> um, and we want to give people a voice. So that's our, that's our mantra. That's our manifesto for our stories. Um, and these stories do very well on social. So we, it's their human interest. They're a human face of a larger issue. So example, again, like homelessness. Um, just before Christmas, you know, it was it, homelessness in Ireland and child homelessness in Ireland is, is a very significant issue for us at the moment. So... The news, the television news, the radio news will talk about facts and figures and what are the politicians doing. And, but we, when we're making our stories for social just before Christmas, I did a story about a baby that was born into homelessness. So through a charity, I found a woman that, that helped a woman that was nine months pregnant get into an emergency accommodation. We filmed with her and the baby in, in the hospital. And that went on social. It got over a million and a half views on social. It did very, very well. These stories go around the world as well because they're on social media. And then it got onto our primetime nine o'clock news later that night, but it was published digital first. Um, and that's key for us. I'm gonna give you an example just to show you what I'm talking about. This is a story I did just last 
month. Um, and you'll see that it's filmed in Square, it, or it's edited Square, and it's subtitled. Wonder Wheels. Anna's amazing aura. A rural rescue. We write fairy tale books with um, the protagonist having a disability or special needs and basically what we are trying to do is improve the underrepresentation of these people in children's literature. So we wrote three books, uh, Wonder Wheels, Anna's Amazing Aura and A Royal Rescue. Uh, so in Wonder Wheels uh, a boy named Sam is a superhero in a wheelchair and he saves his school with his disability. <laughs> and then in Anna's Amazing Aura a mermaid with epilepsy uses her knowledge of how epilepsy works to rescue her friend Delphi the Dolphin. And then in Royal Rescue, two twins with Down Syndrome um, rescue their favourite toy from a dragon. <laughs> so my dad, is his name is Colm, and he has cerebral palsy. So basically he's in a wheelchair. Um, so for me, I guess like I've had it all the way from when I was a baby, like it's just normal to me. So I suppose I just see that he, he's like a dad. There's no difference to him and another dad just because he's in the wheelchair, do you know what I mean? My cousin, her name's Neve, um, she suffers from severe epilepsy and basically um, I see all the time how she's just, you know, a regular cousin. She's no different to anybody else. Yeah, and I suppose people with disabilities as well, just to make them feel like as Eva's cousin, like She's 17 and she still likes the idea that there's someone, like she's never had a book in her life that there's a person that has the same thing as her. So just, yeah, for to make them feel included and to make them feel that they are the same. After a few moments, Delphi turned to her friend. Oh Anna, I was so scared. My hands and feet were prickling and my mouth tasted weird. The end. <laughs> There's no princess radio in any of their books. Um, but it's happily ever after, I think. Happily ever after. Um, so, uh, again, as a journalist in the newsroom, you know, if, if you're filming the, those smaller stories, and the smaller stories can have a big impact, but it's hard to get a crew sometimes because the crew will go where the president is or the prime minister is or the politicians are. So being a self-filming journalist and being a, a mobile journalist makes these stories possible. So that's another benefit to it. Um, I'm just going to show you another quick montage of recently... We, um, a conversation we, were, we had in RTE was about youth mental health. So all week, uh, for one week in RTE, on radio, on TV, on social, on online, we wanted to start a conversation about youth mental health. And me and my team, Philip uh, Bromwell and Hiromi Mooney and James Beatty, we were tasked with producing a story every day around that issue, but obviously for our younger audiences. Because our, older, our television is watched by over 55s. We don't do very well with women. On Facebook, we do incredibly well with women. When we look at the stats about who are watching our videos, we get a lot of women watching our videos. So this is where we're connecting with the audiences they're not, we're not connecting with on our traditional um, media. 
this is a montage of the work that we produced that week. So we complemented radio broadcasts, television broadcasts with this content, but a lot of our content um, went on television as well. And then it all cul culminated in a um, an investigative documentary about the lack of youth, youth mental health facilities in Ireland. Hi, my name is Kira Margolis and I'm a sufferer of panic disorder. Hi, I'm Ashley Boland. I suffer from dysthymia, which spells a depression. And my name is Rachel, I'm 23, and I suffer from an anxiety disorder. I was bullied in school, and I was picked on from a young age just because I was a chubby kid. I accepted it at the time because I saw it as normal. I was diagnosed with bulimia, and from, I think it was, it was from social media, it was from like looking at people and not feeling like, you know, I was as perfect as someone else. cosplay is to just have fun. If someone came up to me and said, you're such a nerd, like what you do is so weird, and I'm like, yeah, I am a nerd, and yeah, this is weird. Has anyone played the game Fortnite? It's huge. She's, she um, dresses up as characters from Fortnite. Um, so everything you see there, all the, the anime, the comic book effects, they're all achieved tr uh, through apps on our phone. So you can, for a very little effort, you can bring a, a high production and, and quirky and interesting creative production value to your work. So just to go back over, my workflow requ requirements as a mobile journalist are, I need I need to ultimately deliver my content to social, to online, to TV and radio. And I need that content to be broadcast quality, both in picture and sound. I need, it to, be, I need to be able to edit square and vertical, depending on the social platform that I'm delivering to. But I, and I need to be able to add subtitles. Um, I need to edit my TV version. So I need to have a 16 by 9 version. It's PAL, you know, Ireland is PAL. It's the same in South Africa. It's 25 frames per second. The native camera on your phone films at 30 frames per second. So I need to be able to change frame rate so that my, I can deliver to TV. Um, I need to be able to edit a radio version. And I need to be able to take stills from my rushes for the online article that I write as well. And I do all of this. I meet all of these requirements using just my smartphone and apps on my smartphone. This is my mobile kit at the moment. Um, so not very, these are the key pieces that you need. You need to keep your smartphone steady so you can have a tripod. I have a mini tripod as well, just for getting different, different angles or getting into different uh, spots. You need a light. Um, I have several different types of mics, but the main ones I use are like a lav mic and a handheld mic. I also have radio mics and a shoulder pod. The shoulder pod is what help, um, connects your smartphone to your tripod. Um, and I use the Filmic Pro app, and there are several reasons why I use the Filmic Pro app, and this is what I filmed the collectors with as well. One of the key reasons is you're able to set and lock your focus and exposure separately. So anyone who's into photography knows that 
focus is important, exposure is important, and you're able to set and lock them separately, which is it, it makes for a better picture. I can adjust, crucially, I can adjust the frame rate. So I can adjust it down to 25 frames per second, um, and therefore my content can go on TV successfully. Um, I can adjust the aspect ratio, but what I do is I fill them in 16 by 9, so I have my TV version, and then I edit in square, and then when I'm in LumaFusion, I can nudge that, that picture left or right, so I've got greater scope then for my picture when I'm editing in square. Um, it recognises external mics that you put in. It really is an amazing app. It's If you were to get serious about becoming a mobile filmmaker, I would highly recommend this app. Um, and there's a, there's a variety of other things. So um, generally what I do is my settings are 16 by 9, 1080 HD, um, and I, I film in, 16, uh, in, yeah, in 16 by 9. They're my settings. And then the LumaFusion app. So I film it in, in um, Filmic Pro, and then I bring it into LumaFusion. And the great thing about Filmic Pro and LumaFusion, LumaFusion is they talk to each other. So they work really, really well together. LumaFusion, is an again, is an amazing app. It's multi-video, multi-audio track editing. Three video channels, three audio tracks. Um, and I'm able to edit in my different aspect ratios there. I'm able to edit with my different frame rates and resolution. If I wanted to, I could edit in 4K, but I edit in, 10, in 1080 HD. Um, and I'm able to export audio only, so I've got my radio version as well. And I'm able to title in LumaFusion. So we're actually, we have recreated our corporate brand, titling, supers, captions, whatever you call them, in LumaFusion. So, so we're actually, so our corporate colors, our corporate everything is recreated in LumaFusion. So our social content is part of the corporate brand. Um, so it, it's, it's a great app and it has a library of royalty free music, which is really handy for social media as well, because, you know, obviously you can't use the, the I wish you could, but you can't use the songs of the day for copyright reasons. Um, so these are some takeaways then I'm going to leave you with. If you want to discover the community on social media, check out hashtag Mojo on Twitter. Um, and we're very, we are a very active and helpful community. If you talk to us, we will talk back. We have a group on Facebook which has nearly 5,000 members. It's, it's hashtag Mojo.com, so Mojo community basically. And again, very, very helpful very active community. Um, and a good apps to start with are Filmic Pro, which, are which is available to Android and iOS. LumaFusion, unfortunately, is only available to iOS. But a good alternative is KineMaster. You can't edit. Generally, with Android, if you, you want to do the same that you do on iOS, you need a, 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 about two or three apps to achieve the same effect. So KineMaster, you can't, like, edit in Square and export in Square. So you need to bring it into another app called PowerDirector and do that. Um, Quick is an amazing app. You saw examples of Quick uh, in some of my work there. Um, and so they're, they're good apps to start with. If a basic kit, it doesn't need to be complicated. Keep your phone steady use a tripod. If you want, get a gimbal, if you want to be able to follow people around. So like for an observational documentary like The Collectors, where I'm walking the streets of New York with Lillian, I was on my gimbal the whole time. But a tripod should suffice to begin with. Um, a shoulder pod, a, a microphone, a lav mic, you can get one of those for like 50, 50 euro, I don't know what that it translates out here, um, and a light. Um, and Top Mojo people to follow to, for advice, tips, or just to be inspired would be my boss, 
Philip Bromwell, um, Mark Settle, he's BBC, you know Mark. Um, there isn't an app that Mark doesn't know. Um, he just is constantly exploring that world. So he's a great guy to follow. Glenn Mulcahy is seen as the kind of the godfather of Mojo and he taught me Mojo. He's a good guy to follow. And Corinne is based in Australia and she's a trainer. And again, if there's, there's nothing she doesn't know about Mojo and she's very helpful and uh, so she's a good person to follow. So thank you very much. And I've just left enough time for questions. If you do want to ask a question, could you please, for podcasting purposes, come up here and speak into the mic? Any questions? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Hi, um, I'm Olivia from BBC Minute. We're actually giving the session after this, but we were so inspired and, and really enveloped in what you were saying. And one thing, just throwing into the future, you mentioned IGTV, obviously primarily a vertical uh, platform. What are your thoughts on that and how should broadcasters or brands be using it, do you think? So for those of you who don't know, IGTV is is Instagram. It's kind of like their their answer, their response to YouTube. So gen, so Instagram, when you put videos up on Instagram, they have to be square, and they can be no longer than a minute. So it's quite limiting. Um, but now they've released IGTV, so you can put an hour hours of footage up. But the caveat is it's vertical, so it's portrait um, and years ago when I was first training um, as a mobile journalist vertical was a sin it was like don't be a dope and fill, don't do this you know like a tourist you know do this but now vertical is making a huge comeback because as I was saying earlier people how are people consuming their content they're looking at the phone and they're looking at the phone like this they're not looking at it like that so vertical is now is is a, is a key aspect ratio so yeah we've only just begun to look at it so i guess you have to think about the visual storytelling what works with vertical you have to shoot your your fil, uh, videos with vertical in mind and there's some wonderful um vertical films out there actually for good inspiration um it's 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 a young platform it's a visual platform so i think the worst thing you can do with igtv is take your story about brexit and put it on igtv it doesn't really belong there or if you're going to talk about brexit talk about it in an interesting way put a human face to it you know find an interesting story that works well on 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 uh, igtv around that issue um this mode, this vertical mode, is perfect for portraits. You know, when you're taking a selfie, you generally do this. So it's, it's, I think it's a perfect medium for talking to people, just talking heads. You can, you know, so it's, I think it's a, it's, it, I think broadcasters should use it as a, a way to tell personal stories, I think. Um, and there's a lot to be explored about the creativity with vertical as well in terms of visual storytelling. Um, even just like if you think about your wide shot that way, except now you're thinking about your wide shot this way. So, you know, where your subjects are going to be and how you're going to place things within that picture. Um, but yeah, personal stories with people talking heads, I think is, is ideal. Thank you. Uh, hi there, Ethan from KSA Radio. I just noticed that none of your videos have narration. Is this because of the production time it would take? Or was it like a stylistic choice? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah, we. Um, so as I was saying, 70% of the time, 
um, people aren't actually clicking in and listening. So I know we we do spend time in our audio edit and we add music just because it's for social and it's a younger audience and it kind of lifts the piece. Um, but no, the narration, the subtitles are the, the narrator and, no, and it is a choice. We don't put voice on it. And it's not for time constraints, it's just because it's for social and people aren't listening. So we do obviously audio edit, do all our transitions um, there and get it perfect, but we don't bother adding our voice to it. The voice is the subtitle. Um, but then obviously the TV version, then I will voice it. Um, yeah. Hi, um, I'm Ling from uh, Conrad Arnold Foundation. I have a question. So in the light, um, in the era of social network, I feel there's a big competition who gets more likes, who gets more reaction, who gets more views on I. So how do you cope with the, with the problems that, um, when you, do you have to prioritize um, the, the quality, the depth of the story, and on the other hand, um, the, you know, the, the rush and, and the, the, um, how attractive is your, your, your story uh, in those um, mobile shorts? Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good question. So you got, yeah, so like as a storyteller, um, it's nice to have freedom, but you are, you do have constraints. Creativity does love constraint, I suppose, I suppose. But one of the, the things about, let's say, for example, Facebook is you have to have the hook within the first five seconds, three seconds of your video. So as a storyteller, that's really hard. You're like, especially if um, someone who's come from a TV background where you kind of reveal your story, but you almost with social media, you kind of have to go a bit backwards and kind of put the hook and the tease in the first three seconds. Um, so that's, that's one way that we, you, to get people to stop and watch the rest of your video. Um, in terms of chasing likes and interactions and um, John hates this term, but those water cooler moments of likes and comments and shares. Um, you want to basically tell everyday stories, and that's not a bad thing. You know, that's not a bad thing to chase, really, is it? You know, and one my recent, you know, I've done stories for social um, that would never have gotten on Archie News only for where as a social storyteller, I'm chasing those personal stories. So a barber who cuts. Um, hair in a nursing home for for men with dementia and he shaves he shaves and he cuts their hair and he's trained up in 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 how to deal with dementia patients um or and the bbc covered it as well actually and or the a young child who has severe cerebral palsy who rides a horse one day a week and seeing the laugh and the smile on his face so i know those stories um are going to bring out um, an emotional response to my audience and they're going to get likes and shares and comments. Um, and you can get caught up in, oh, that story didn't do as well as I thought it would or it only got 50,000 views. It didn't get, you know, I've had stories that, you know, have gone over a million and that's, that's really good for RTE online content. Um, so one of our stories got 5 million and that really went viral. Um, and, you know, it wasn't mine. So I was like, oh, but you can't, you can't let that... Uh, you can't let that uh, dictate your stories either. You, you have to be true to what you think is good as a story as well and build up your brand as well. Um, so yeah, I hope that kind of answers your question. Okay, I'm afraid we've run out of time. Elna, I know you had a question. Um, if anybody else does have a question, please feel free to tweet all the uh, social media. You can tweet me now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, we'll answer as many questions as we can. Uh, Eleanor will answer as many as she can. Um,
Thank, Thank you, you guys. Thanks very much. Thanks.